Blog Talk Radio. Paleo Hebrew, 
I'm your brother, your host, your friend, as always, Tyler Pa. I'm joined this evening by my wife, Hasadiah, in the building. Also, Labia, <laughs> in close proximity. And we got our easy, our Kaya in the house, my daughter. <laughs> and Cece in the building, too, y'all. <laughs> so welcome to the show, y'all. Uh, I know this is a little, well, y'all should be used to it by now, me coming to uh, y'all in the evening rather than the morning. But it is what it is, and the show must go on, man. want to send shout out to my brother, my partner in crime, Mighty Mashaba, man, uh, for hooking up the broadcast, for keeping this blog talk thing going for uh, over 10 years now, uh, doing this thing, man, as well as teaching classes on blog talk. Also, since I shout out to uh, Bada Bada holding it down on Friday on this this thing we put together called Blog Talk. Also, I'm going to send shouts out to our brothers and sisters here in San Antonio, man. Holding it down, Sword of Truth. Been holding it down since the early 90s here in San Antonio, man. Shout out to the shout out to those brothers and sisters. Uh, also, want to send shouts out to H Town, Stream of Wisdom, Stream of Wisdom, y'all. Uh, headed by the brother Quatizop, uh, who gave a dope class a couple of weeks back, man, dealing with sugar. I don't know if you ever finished it. Uh, I got to go back on the YouTube channel, check it out, see if you finished it. Also sending shots out to our brothers up in VA, man, up in Virginia, North Folk, Brother Kazakia, uh, Brother Shaquat, uh, Brother Aria, uh, the Brother Bakar Gabar. Uh, once again, I the water for this mic, man. It is still going strong, still holding me down. Uh, it makes the broadcast a lot clearer. So the water again to you for that, sir. Uh, I got to reach out to you. It's been a minute also. Uh, I want to send shout out to uh, the brother up in Rochester, New York, the the brother full of zeal and 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 strength, <laughs> the young brother Zainala holding it down in Rochester. Also sending shout out to our brothers and sisters in Canada, California, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and shouts out to Kawa Cobb down in Guatemala, and shouts out to the 12 tribes scattered worldwide, y'all. So whatever acronym you go by, whatever affiliation you may have, if you're a Hebrew Israelite and you believe in the law and the principles of Christ, fighting on the day to keep those things in, we can rock with y'all. Even if you are Old Testament only, brother, man, we'll rock with y'all a little bit too, man, and we can dialogue and discuss and uh, maybe help you see the light, man, the light of the Most High's only begotten Son, Yahweh Shai, who the world calls Jesus Christ, man. It tells you in, uh, I believe it's in Acts, where it said that Paul reasoned <laughs> with the non-believers of Christ it says seven Sabbaths, <laughs> seven Sabbaths, y'all. So he was in whatever this location was. I forget what it was, 50 days, because seven Sabbaths would give you about 50 days. That uh, being, and I know this from uh, the Feast of Pentecost or the Day of Pentecost or 
first fruits, man. So anyway, back to the point. Paul reasoned with these brothers seven Sabbath out of the scriptures, man, showing and proving that Yahweh Shai was the Savior, Yahweh Shai was the Redeemer, Yahweh Shai was the Mediator, Yahweh Shai was the end of animal sacrifice because he was the ultimate sacrifice, showing those brothers that, man. So I wish that, uh, you know, our Old Testament brothers, or our non-believers of Christ brothers, or non-believer of the, the so-called Paulinian letters, would uh see that man would see the light man that the bible is one piece man it's not it's not separated i know man has separated it but it's all one book that's why it's referred to as the volume of books because that it is man all right so with that said uh want to start off like i always do uh if it's your first time tuning in to the show we are the people of the book the hebrew israelites Hebrew being our language, Israelite being our nationality. And we are, like I said, through historical proofs, substantiated proofs in secular sources, as well as the ultimate proof, the Bible, the people of the book, y'all. Definitely the people of the book. So that's what we hang our hat, hat on here at Blog Talk Radio. We do, do indeed prove all things. And put it right put it right here. And hold fast that which is good, like the scriptures tell us. So anyway, y'all, let's get it rocking. Let's get it going. Um, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sent up on the daily, brothers and sisters, so we can get the hell on. Now let's get Psalm chapter 118 and read uh, verse 24, please, for me, ma'am. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, the Most High brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right, y'all. So this first article I want to start with is actually uh, from September 6th, y'all, but I didn't do Chapter uh, Part Tuesday last week. Actually, I didn't do any class last week. Sorry for that, y'all. It was a very, very busy week, man. Uh, but we back. We back. Um, but this is something I, I definitely wanted to touch on. Yeah, I know that you are. <laughs> the water. Um, let me see. Let's see if I pull this up. Hold on, Michelle. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Give me a second, y'all. Go to the login. There you go. There it is right there. Studio. 
studio, studio, studio. Check. Second, y'all. I'm trying to post this article in the chat, and Mashaba just reminded me that we have that feature. No, I don't. Okay, let's reconnect. All right, here we go. Trying to paste this article. Hey, bro! If, if you can paste it, if you can paste it, and then just hit your enter. Uh, you know, if the arrow's not there for it to to show that to send, but if you hit the after you paste it, hit the enter button. That's just throw it up there on, on, into the chat room for us. Yeah, I'm trying to do it now. I'm not seeing an enter button. All I'm seeing it says one speaker, one viewer. Okay. Next to episode info, you see the chat button, right? Or tag. Yep. yep. You clicked that already. Yep. Did the chat Morning. box come up? It's, it's in red. Uh, no. It At didn't the bottom not. of the chat box. At the bottom of the chat box, there should be a black uh, space. Okay, I see that. You should be able to paste in that black space and then hit enter, and you should be good to go. No, I ain't doing nothing. Don't don't worry about it, but I I ain't trying to mess your flow up. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. Okay. Uh, You might be able to pull it up, too, uh. It's from ABC News, and the headline reads, Grandmother of Pregnant Woman, Takaya Young, fatally shot by Ohio police, speaks out. So this is the sister, y'all. I don't know if y'all heard. And this happened in Columbus, Ohio. And I believe, uh, yeah, Columbus, Ohio, and if y'all haven't heard about it, this sister um, was accused of shoplifting from a um, what then? I was a Kroger, and this was the justification that they gave for murdering this pregnant young lady, this pregnant sister. So read this, Hasbai. Uh, from abcnews.go.com, grandmother of pregnant woman Takaya Young fatally shot by Ohio police speaks out. Reported September 6, 2023. It was void of any humanity or any decency at all, she said. This is what the grandmother said. The grandmother of a pregnant 21-year-old who was fatally shot by an Ohio police officer spoke out Wednesday during a virtual press briefing following the release of the police body camera video of the incident. 
Nadine Young said the body camera video of her granddaughter, Takaya Young's fatal shooting on August 24th, which was released by the Blinden Township Police Department on Friday, made her feel, quote, unquote, real sick. It was void of any humanity or any decency at all. He must be held accountable, full stop, Nadine Young said. You know, I was listening to something, uh, was it today or was it yesterday? Might have been yesterday. They were interviewing this brother on NPR. Um, he's a poet. I forget the brother's name. He wrote a book, too. But he was discussing the psyche um, of our people and how certain things such as this affect our psyche because we're able to see us murdered in high definition on repeat. We're able to see this, and by seeing this, it's like, we're psychologically traumatized, but the rest of the world are red counterparts or desensitized, even more so than they already are as it pertains to us and the way we live in our lives. And I'm explaining a little later. I want Hasadiah to read on in this article, but I fully agree with the book. Go ahead. It was void of any humanity or any decency at all. He must be held accountable, full stop, Nadine Young said. Sakaya Young, 21, of Columbus, was seven months pregnant when she was shot and killed, her family said. Her funeral will be held on Thursday. Young was a potential shoplifting suspect when she was approached by police in a Kroger's parking lot, according See, to police. Now, listen to the first thing they said, that she was a potential what? Shoplifting suspect. Shoplifting suspect. Do y'all have any idea why they do stuff like this? Why they immediately, after they kill one of us, they immediately name the thing that we may or may not have done. This is to give them probable cause or just cause for killing us. So she was a thief, so this gave grounds to the officer to kill her and her unborn child. Now, I looked at another article, and it said that this officer has since been um, fired, and um, they're uh, going to proceed with char- to bring charges against him. But I want us to pay attention to how we're painted in these different lights, these uh, derogatory lights of uh, criminalized lights because they did the same thing with, as you remember, Mike Brown. They said he was stealing what a Swisher Suite or something like that. Um, they did the same thing with Trayvon. They said he shouldn't have had a hoodie on. He broke his curfew. He shouldn't have been out there. Uh, they did the same thing with uh, Austin Sterling. They said he shouldn't have been selling mixtapes or whatever he was selling in front of the store. They did the same thing with uh, what was it, Eric Garner that was selling the Lucy cigarettes in front of the store. They did the same thing with, um, who else was it? Um, uh, um, George Floyd, they said that he um, tried to get a counterfeit bill off at a convenience store. So they always give these 
just cause reasons to kill us. This is nothing new, y'all. This has been going on. Is there more to this article? Young was, uh, see, the video shows that, I'm sorry, body camera video shows Young refusing to leave the car despite orders from officers, and one officer was on the driver's side while the other stood directly in front of the vehicle. Now, I've seen the the recording, y'all. Y'all probably have seen it by now. It's all over YouTube. You know, like I said, they, they highly publicize our deaths. Um, she did refuse to get out of the car. Uh, the first scripture that hit me was, agree with our adversary. I agree with our adversary quickly when God went away with him. And what this means, y'all, I know a lot of people might not comprehend this or might not ever had to apply this scripture. <laughs> but if you haven't, then I'm giving you the ammo you need for when you have to apply it in situations like this. Because we have had to apply this on many occasions. This means when you're in the way, Esau pull you over. If a cop pulls you over, if it, even if it's one of us, a black or brown policeman, agree with them. This is what it means. Agree with them. Don't say, no, I ain't getting out the car. Don't say, I got my rights. I know my rights. This is how you get dead quick. Now, sadly to say, you could, you could, you can comply with them and you still could die. I'm just I'm just gonna be honest. But you'd be better off following the instructions of the most high that he gave in his book that we know as the Bible. You'd be better off in implementing those principles and using those principles. I would rather take my chances with that rather than mouthing off like I really have rights in a country that sees me as a second class citizen. All right, read on. The video shows that as Young accelerated in an apparent attempt to drive away, the officer who stood in front of the vehicle fired the fatal shot. The officer who shot Young is on paid administrative leave while the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation examines the shooting, which is standard practice. Now, like I said, I read another article that said they they had fired him and they're looking to press charges on him. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want everybody to understand something, man. These scriptures are so real that you, you get a chill down your spine when you read some of the stuff that's happened currently and you compare it, you match the, the, the same, uh, the incidents up with the scriptures. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and let's start at uh, verse 49. Because remember, these, these are the curses. And I know uh, a lot of holy rollers and a lot of uh, anti-Hebrew Israelites, a lot of Israelite haters, they always like to say, well, all y'all got is Deuteronomy 28. Y'all just going to pull Deuteronomy 28. Y'all just Deuteronomy 28 people to death. Well, all we need to disprove, <laughs> y'all point of view, to disprove religion, to uh, prove that we are the people of the book, is Deuteronomy 28. And yes, we we're gonna beat a dead horse. It's, it's not about how many scriptures you can jump through in the Bible. It's about like the scripture says, through thy precepts I get understanding. 
It's about the understanding you get from the scriptures. So let's read this. Deuteronomy 28 and 49. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth. It says this nation was going to come far from the end of the earth. The end of the earth would be America. Y'all remember Christopher Columbus, or back back in Christopher Columbus' day, the rumor was if you sail too far towards the, the edge of the, the world, then you would fall off the edge of it. This was the rumor. So when it talks about from the ends of the earth, it's talking about the far distance that he traveled, the new land, America, because it was to the known world at that particular time, the edge of the earth or the end of the earth. So it's talking about America, this place. So the Most High shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth. And then it says, as swift as the eagle flyeth. Now, the American emblem is the eagle. But this goes back to even before America, because the British used this emblem also, the eagle. The Spanish also used this emblem. The Romans also used this emblem. The Greeks also used <laughs> this emblem. And this is who they are referred to as the Bible, as the eagle. Remember when they placed the flag, when they, when they said they landed on the moon, they placed the flag up there. What did they say? The eagle has landed. Okay? Let's not be mistaken about who they're talking about right here. There's no other nation they could be talking about. And like I said, all these other nations that I named have used the emblem of the eagle, but keeping in mind, all these other nations that use this eagle are kin to each other. Kin in the sense that all of them are referred to as what? Caucasians. All right? So-called white people. We loosely refer to them as white, but they're red. They're a shade of red. So this is what we're talking about right here in verse 49. Read on. A nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Now, when it says the nation, the tongue we didn't understand, we didn't. Whether they were speaking English or whether they were speaking Spanish. And this is why uh, our people this day and age, so-called uh, Negro, so-called black people speak what? English. Because the English brought us here and beat their language into us. Our brown brothers, loosely referred to as Mexicans or Latinos, we know them as the nine and a half. Most of them speak Spanish because that language was beat into them by the conquistadors and the rest of their captives. Our Haitian brothers had the French beat that language into them. This is why they speak French. I, I want us to understand this. All right, verse 50. A nation of fierce countenance, mm-hmm. which shall not regard the purse of the old, nor shew favor to the young. Let's do this. Let's look up the word countenance. Matter of fact, let's get all of it. Let's get fierce and then look up countenance. Fierce, violently hostile, or aggressive in temperament. So it says that this nation was going to be what? Violently hostile or aggressive in temperament. Violently hostile. 
not just regular old hostile, violently hostile. And it can't be, cannot be talking about anybody else but these people. Where's my book, man? So there's a book that, oh, man, I forget the name of the book. Hold on, y'all. I'm, I'm going to take some time. I got to get this. Uh, matter of fact, House Day, you go grab it for me. It's on the bookshelf. That's the name of the book. I'm sorry. I'm going to get it. The book is called Open Veins of Latin America. The author's name is Edward. Uh, what is his name? I forget the author's name. If you get the opportunity, man, get the book, Open Veins of Latin America. The author goes into detail about these people. Eduardo Galeano. Eduardo Galeano. Mm -hmm. He goes into detail about how these people, who the Bible describes as having fierce consciousness. What's the definition for fierce again? Fierce is violently hostile. These violently hostile people, in his book, he describes how they violently hostile the Americas, Central, South America, even some parts of North America and Mexico. It talks about all the bloodshed that they did. But that was, what's the rest of the definition for fierce? Violently hostile or aggressive in temperament given to fighting or killing. Oh, my goodness. Mark, given to fighting and killing. These particular people that's talking about here in the scriptures, verse 50 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. What group of people fit this? It's only one group of people, man, whether it be the conquistadors, whether it be Columbus, whether it be any of the European explorers that came to the Americas. What did they say? 66 billion Native Americans were murdered in America? This is the destructive nature of only one group of people, and you cannot deny this. History proves this. What else you got? Marked by unrestrained zeal or vehemence. Right. Unrestrained zeal or what? I might be pronouncing Vehemence or something like that? Vehemence. That's it. Vehemence. Vehemence. So you might ask yourself, well, why would this police officer kill this lady like that? Well, the answer is, it's the American way. Now, what do you got for uh, countenance? Mm. Countenance, look, expression, mental composure. Oh, my goodness. So let's put the two together. So the definition for fears was overly aggressive. uh, No, violently hostile. Violently hostile. And what do we get for continents? So for fierce, we had violently hostile or aggressive in temperament. And then you said for countenance. Mm-hmm. Countenance. That was look, expression, or mental composure. Mental composure. So what it's saying, you put it all together, these people have a mental composure that is violent. Hostile and violent. This is in their spirit. I want us to understand this. They're prone to violence. 
Read verse 50 again. A nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old. They don't care how old you are. Read. Nor show favor to the young. Do you think he cared that she was pregnant, a pregnant black lady? No, he didn't care. This is in their temperament. It's the, the same way they took their damn boots and beat little so-called Indian babies in the head with spare bullets so they wouldn't have to use a lot of bullets. The same way they gave smallpox blankets to Native Americans. The same way they conducted syphilis experiments and birth control experiments on the, the women of the island of Puerto Rico, the brothers here in um, Alabama, Tuskegee. Mockingly, they named a damn university. They got a, univer- a black, a so-called HBCU <laughs> school down there. That's where they did the damn experiments at. These are these people, y'all. So let's not be surprised when we hear stuff like, I know we're saddened, I know we're angry, I know we're disgusted, but let's not be surprised. These are the people that we've been dealing with for centuries, and this is their history. Look at Zechariah chapter uh, 11, and start at verse 4. Zechariah 11 and 4. Thus saith the Lord, my God, feed the flock of the slaughter. Feed the flock of who? The slaughter. Us. Read. Whose possessors slay them. Whose what? Possessors slay them. We've been possessed here in this place since the 1400s, y'all. And I say 1400s because I'm talking about our so-called Native American and Latin-speaking brothers. And then we came over during the 1600s, so-called Negroes, so-called black people. We've been in their hands that long, for centuries. We should, we should be very familiar with the things they do. Read this again. Thus saith the Lord, my God, feed the flock of the slaughter, whose possessors slay them, and hold themselves not guilty. Now, it says they hold themselves not guilty. Now, this goes back to where I was talking about earlier, y'all, about how they portray us. The reason they portray us this way is so that they can feel better about what they do. If you make us look dehumanized, if you make us look like criminals, then when they kill us in public, mm-hmm. the public won't feel so bad about us dying. Like the public don't feel so bad about this young sister losing her life or her baby because, after all, she was stealing. Now read this. Tell me where you're reading from. From PBS.org, the murder of Emmett Till, lynching in America. For many African Americans growing up in the South in the 19th and 20th centuries, the threat of lynching was commonplace. The popular image of an angry white mob stringing a black man up to a tree is only half the story. 
Lynching, an act of terror meant to spread fear among blacks, served the broad social purpose of maintaining white supremacy in the economic, social, and political sphere. Now, let me read this again, Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 5. Whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. Why do they hold themselves not guilty? Because we're criminals. We're degenerates. We're second-class citizens. We're lower than low. This is nothing new. Public execution of black people has been going on for centuries. I hope y'all understanding this. This goes right back to what Hasidai just read about the public lynchings. And what else could be more public than what's happening to us now? You can go on Facebook, you can go on YouTube, and you can see countless videos of us getting murdered. Orlando Castile was murdered on camera in front of his family. And it was, matter of fact, it was on Facebook Live. I think Facebook Live had just started, too. And you can see us getting murked. And the reason they keep showing this is because they want to desensitize our red counterparts even more so to dehumanize us. So, uh, yeah, they're bad people anyway. Because you notice, I don't know if y'all notice this, you don't see a lot of white people getting murdered on social media, do you? And this is bring me back to my point. This is what the brother was talking about in his interview. He said, man, you don't see white people uh, broadcast in their deaths, broadcast on social media, national television. You don't see this. And you don't see this for a reason because they're looked at as being human, good people. But you see us because we're viewed as being what? The threat to society. So they're white society. The threat to their white supremacy. Read on in the article, please. Author Richard Wright, who was born near Natchez in southwest Mississippi, knew of two men who were lynched, his step-uncle and the brother of a neighborhood friend. In his book, Black Boy, he wrote, the things that influenced my conduct as a Negro did not have to happen to me directly. Now listen to what he's saying. He says the things that influenced his conduct did not have to happen to him directly. So this is the other reason they publicize us getting murdered all on social media, all on national television, is to keep us in our place psychologically. Read on. I needed but to hear of them to feel their full effects in the deepest layers of my consciousness. Indeed, the white brutality that I had not seen was a more effective control of my behavior than that which I knew. He said the, the stuff that he had not seen, that he had not personally witnessed, just the stories that he heard was enough to keep him in order. Y'all, y'all have heard of something called buck breaking? That was the purpose of buck breaking. They would take the strongest, biggest Negro and beat him within an inch of his life. Sometimes they would beat him to death. 
tie his limbs to horses and have them go in opposite directions and pull them limb from limb in front of the whole community, in front of all black people so they could see what? Man, if they could do that to him, and he's the strongest one of us, what the hell could they do to little old me? They, listen, man, Esau did a very good job, man. He did. He did a good job. And I can really understand why the Most High hates him so much, man. You know what I mean? Although the practice of lynching had existed since before slavery, it gained momentum during Reconstruction when viable black towns sprang up across the South and African Americans began to make political and economic inroads by registering to vote, establishing businesses, and running for public office. Many whites, landowners, and poor whites felt threatened by this rise in black prominence. Now, why did they bring it back during Reconstruction? Because this was the most critical time for them. They had freed the slaves. But now, what are we going to do with these people? How do we keep our order? We use terror. We use fear. And they're still doing it to this day. I hope you're understanding this. Hold on, y'all. I need to take a quick break. Y'all, we back. We back. Sorry about that. All right, where we at? Just want to read the rest of this article, y'all. Okay. Foremost on their minds was a fear of sex between the races. Some whites espoused the idea that black men were sexual predators and wanted integration in order to be with white women. Lynchings were frequently committed with the most flagrant public display. The most, the most what? Flagrant public display. See, y'all, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. All the deaths that I just named were 
publicly displayed. <laughs> publicly displayed. Do you think they were crying when they seen George Floyd and Philando Castile and Austin Sterling murdered on social media, on national television? Do you think they was crying? Hell no. They was cheering. They was celebrating. Because that's what they was doing when they was having those public lynchings, celebrating. Go back, Google the photos if y'all can still find them because they're trying to hide that too. They're trying to change everything. But I want to ask y'all something. Is reparations going to repair the psychological damage that's been done to us for centuries? That's something I want everybody to ponder on. All right, so we're going to jump. Let's go uh, Let's go here. Is it this one? Hold on, I've got to find this article. There we go. From abcnews.gov.com, reported September 12, 2023. Mm -hmm. CDC recommends new COVID booster for all Americans over six months. All right, y'all. So COVID's back. COVID's back. Um, They're trying to push this vaccine, this booster crap. I was listening... um, to the radio today, and they was talking about how the uh, booster or these vaccinations <laughs> were not going to be free. <laughs> yeah, like they was last time. They were saying that most insurance companies will cover them, and they was also saying that uh, the government was going to pay for them again. I hope that y'all are seeing that this is about like it always is with Esau, their bottom line. I can't understand why anybody would be running to get a vaccine any damn way, especially a COVID vaccine, when people that got the damn vaccine still was coming down with COVID. I, I don't get that one. What, y- y'all think that it's a new and improved vaccine that's better than the last one that didn't work? That, that don't make sense, man. Make it make sense. Keep reading. Amid rising cases, hospitalizations, the booster could be available as early as this week. (laughs) How convenient. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention director signed off on the recommendation that all Americans aged six months and older receive updated COVID booster, the updated COVID booster on Tuesday. Six months and older. You a damn fool. You let them put that in your baby. If you go get that, you a damn fool. We don't. Amid rising cases and hospitalizations across the country, it comes just a day after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized and approved the new shot. Money-making scheme, y'all. Go back and research athletes dying, having heart attacks. Hell, LeBron's son, not too long ago, just had some heart, heart, heart attacks. 
Was he at quarterback? Him? What was the football brother name? Oh, the one that was on the field at the time. Yeah, national television. They stopped the game. Demar something. Demar something. I forget his last. Like Hamlin. Hamlin, yeah. yeah. Go do your research, man. There, there is a, a ejected number of athletes, a high number of athletes now just dropping dropping on the field, dropping on the court from having damn heart issues. I ain't done the research, but I'm willing to bet it's because of that damn vaccine, man. And people are still running out of getting it. Let's get Ecclesiasticus chapter 30. And let's start at verse 14. I want to show y'all something. Ecclesiasticus 30, 14. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution. Better is the who? The poor. <laughs> the poor. Remember to say the rich. It says better is the poor being what? Sound and strong of constitution. Sound and strong of constitution. Now let's look up the definition of constitution. Constitution. The physical makeup of the individual. So your physical makeup. What is your physical makeup? What does it consist of? Is your physical makeup strong or is your physical makeup scrawny and weak and suspect? This is what you got to ask yourself as we embark on another COVID season. How is my physical constitution? How's my physical being? What else you got? Especially with respect to the health, strength, and appearance of the body. The health, strength of the body. So it's all about what? The health and strength of the body. Now let's read the scripture again. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. So it's saying if you're poor but you got a good health, man, you're straight. You're good to go. You're better than the rich man. Now, I want to read y'all this. Let's get this book, this blue book here. Tell them the title. We're going to read page three. Read the highlights, please. Because, and the reason I'm going over this, y'all, is because a lot of people hear this COVID stuff, and they automatically get scared. They wary. I mean, rightly so, man. But don't be terrified of this stuff and... And I, I know I gave out the, the, the cocktail recipe, and it's proven. It works, y'all. But let's do some preventative maintenance before we can even get there. Mm-hmm. From Fitness, the Complete Guide, ninth edition. The uh, highlights. Yeah. Page wants- three. You on page three? Yes, where you at? Read this part. Okay. To the highlight part. Mm-hmm. Okay, page three. Why is personal training necessary? The U.S. Surgeon General's report on physical activity and health supports the role of physical activity for good health and disease prevention. 
Y'all hear this? Who supports this? The U.S. It says the U.S. Surgeon General's report on physical activity the and health. The Surgeon General. So they know that health is more beneficial than anything. We just read that out of the scriptures. Remember, it says that. Let me read it again. Ecclesiastes, or Ecclesiasticus, chapter 30, and verse 14, better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. Now, what does this say? Read that part again. The U.S. Surgeon General's report on physical activity and health supports the role of physical activity for good health and disease prevention. Physical activity for what? Good health and disease prevention. It'll keep you in good health, and it'll prevent diseases. If you do what? Get your ass off the couch. Get up. Move. Walk. Run. Do something. Be active. I don't know if y'all understand this. The Most High didn't make these bodies to be on the couch. He didn't make these bodies to be just laying around chilling all the time. Our bodies were created to move. And when they don't move, that's when you start having the health problems. We're reading it right now. We read it out of the Bible first. But I know how some people are. All them scriptures is make-believe. It ain't real. Some people would rather hear Esau say it. Then they'll believe it. Keep reading. The National Institutes of Health released a consensus statement on the importance of physical activity for cardiovascular health. What does physical activity help with? Cardiovascular health. It helps your heart. Did y'all know that your heart was a muscle? Did you know that? If you don't exercise that muscle, that muscle gets weak. So when that muscle is weak all the time and it's put under stress or strain, what's going to eventually happen? You're going to have a heart attack because you have not been working that muscle. Read on. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In addition, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, launched the Healthy People Initiative. The same people that's coming with this vaccine. <laughs> I hope y'all seeing this. The CDC, the same people that's coming with the vaccine, they know these things. Keep reading. Which lists physical activity, fitness, and nutrition at the top of 22 priority areas. The top of 22 priority areas is what? Physical activity, fitness, and nutrition. Get up. Move. Read. Finally, the American Heart Association included physical inactivity and low fitness levels as primary risk factors along with smoking, hypertension, and high cholesterol. Can you read that again, please? The American Heart Association included physical inactivity. Inactivity. You ain't doing nothing. You Netflix binging on the couch. You laying in the bed eating. You just chilling. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. 
That is the what? Physical inactivity and low fitness levels as primary risk factors. Primary risk factors. Me, it's the main cause of your illness. Read. Along with smoking, hypertension, and high cholesterol. They put non-activity right up there with smoking. What else? Hypertension. Hypertension. And high and cholesterol. High cholesterol. Read on. I'm sorry. Turn the page. Read their highlight. Page four. The higher the fitness level, the lower the death rate. <laughs> Read this again. The higher the fitness level. The higher your fitness level, your activity level. Read. The lower the death rate. The lower the death rate. Listen, y'all. Y'all might be mad at me. Esau gets this, though. Esau understands this. This is why in your neighborhood, you see them up early in the morning walking or running through the neighborhood. They on a bike. They pushing a stroller. They on something where they're moving. Moving. And they do a clock where you can always, you can set your clock by some of your neighbor's activities that they do in the neighborhood. But you see us, what we doing? Driving, eating, pulling up at Wingstop, pulling up at, at pulling up at McDonald's, pulling up at Wendy's, pulling up at Burger King, pulling up at Whataburger, pulling up at Cabana Taco Cabana, pulling up at some restaurant, just eating, eating and not moving. This is why we dying, y'all. This is why we have the health issues that we have. This is why we're constipated. A lot of us don't don't even poop once a day. We pooping once a week, once every two weeks. This is not healthy, y'all. Read this again. The higher the fitness level, the lower the death rate. After the data were adjusted for age differences between subjects in this eight-year investigation, of 13,344 individuals. So they did an extensive study on this. This is not hearsay. This has been proven. I was looking for a part in this book. I didn't have time. But do y'all know that exercising adds on like a year to your life? A certain amount of exercise per week will add on a year to your life, to your, your longevity. Read on. An analysis of the extensive data yielded by both studies suggests one inescapable conclusion. Exercise is medicine. One inescapable conclusion was what? Exercise is medicine. Exercise is medicine, y'all. You want to stay out of Esau's trick bag with all his medications he got for you to live with the symptoms that you have? Because they don't cure anything. They give you something to, so you can live with what you got. And the symptoms be worse than what you got. And I'm saying this, y'all, because, and I, the water, y'all, thank y'all for all y'all prayers, for all y'all thoughts that y'all been sending us for my family, for my mama. So she had a PET scan. Her cancer is gone. They didn't find any cancer, right? All praise to the most high. They're going to put her, they have her on a chemo pill. 
that she's going to have to take, I think three years or something like that, to make sure it don't come back. The side effects from this down pill, y'all. So chemo kills your red blood cells. It wipes everything out. This pill, I was reading the side effect, kills your bone marrow. It lowers your immune system. And I'm like, and I talked to the nurse. I'm like, why? No, Mom Deuce probably be mad. She found I was putting putting the business out in the street. But I have to use this as an example because it's a real life situation. Like, why would y'all do this? Why? I, I, I asked. Well, this is gonna is, is this gonna make the doctor rethink the medication that he, he issued my mother? This, you know, the PET PET scan results. She said no. I said why? Uh, because this type of cancer has a a high rate of coming back. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, they're saying this because there is no money in curing anything. There's money in the treatment. They want you to keep coming back. They talk about the cancer coming back. No, they want you to keep coming back and paying them. And I'm saying this, y'all, because when we went to do this PET scan or whatever, it was wall-to-wall in there. It was wall-to-wall. 24 hours before she did it, they told her not to eat any carbs. They wanted her on just doing protein. And I'm like, why would they have her doing that? You know, I understand. So then I go in, and the nurse who's helping us out, she says that um, they're going to pump Mama Duke with this uh, artificial glucose sugar. And the reason they do it is because cancer likes sugar. They know this. They know cancer likes sugar. When you get cancer, they don't take sugar out of your diet, but they already know this. So they had Mama Deuce not eat any, eat any carbs for a 24-hour period because carbs break, down, carbs break down into glucose, sugar. So if they would have did this while she was full of carbs from the food or glucose from the food, then it would the, the dye or whatever would have ran straight to the sugar. They would have got a false reading or whatever. So because she didn't have any sugar glucose in her, they they injected this artificial glucose that if it was cancer there, they would see the cancer because it would be attracted to the glucose that they just put in her. But they ain't seen none. All prices. But I'm giving y'all all of this to show y'all how the medical industry is a corporation first. They don't care about healing people. This is why I'm reading this, y'all. I know a lot of people hate moving, hate exercising. If you want to live, if you don't want to be in Esau's trick bag, taking all his damn medicine, you got to move. You got to move, y'all. Read um, this part right here. Any listing of the medical problems and health-related conditions that can be at least partially treated and controlled by exercise would be extensive. Now, he says a list of the things that can be controlled by exercise is extensive. Read. Among the most significant of these health concerns and the manner in which exercise is thought to help alleviate each condition are the following. Allergies. 
Exercise alleviates what? Allergies. How so? Exercise is one of the body's most efficient ways to control nasal congestion and the accompanying discomfort of restricted nasal blood flow. Because you're breathing. Breathing is an exercise. We don't. Angina. Regular aerobic exercise dilates vessels, increasing blood flow, thereby improving the body's ability to extract oxygen from the bloodstream. Just move. You will improve your blood flow, your oxygen. And most diseases are caused by a lack of oxygen, oxidation. We don't. Anxiety. Whoa, exercise is good for what? Anxiety. If you have anxiety, you're having panic attacks. If you're worried all the time, if you're a worry, worry ward, exercise will relieve that. Read. Exercise triggers the release of mood-altering chemicals in the brain. Mood-altering chemicals. I believe one of those chemicals was uh, dopamine. Yeah, I believe so. Read on. Arthritis. By forcing a skeletal joint to move. Exercise helps arthritis? You don't say. Read. By forcing a skeletal joint to move, exercise induces the manufacture of synovial fluid, helps to distribute it over the cartilage, and forces it to circulate throughout the joint space. Back pain. Oh, if you're having back pain, read. Exercise helps to strengthen the abdominal muscles, the lower back extensor muscles, and the hamstring muscles. It helps to strengthen your core so you ain't putting all the weight on your back. It also helps to strengthen your back muscles so it can hold you up and sustain you. Read. Bursitis and tendonitis. Exercise can strengthen the tendons, enabling them to handle greater loads without being injured. It strengthens the tendons because exercise, strength training in particular, strengthens your muscles, which will in in turn strengthen your tendons. Read. Cancer. Exercise is good for what? Cancer. Exercise is good for cancer. You don't say. But I thought it was the chemo. Read. Exercise helps maintain ideal body weight and helps keep body fat to a minimum. So is body weight important? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people you see that are sick or what? Overweight. Overweight. Read. Carpal tunnel syndrome. Exercise helps build up the muscles in the wrist and forearms, thereby reducing the stress on arms, elbows, and hands. Exercise helps to raise HDL, high-density lipoprotein, the good cholesterol, the good cholesterol levels in the blood, and lower LDL or low-density lipoprotein, the bad pro- uh, cholesterol, the undesirable cholesterol levels. Constipation. Exercise up with what? Constipation. If you can't go, if you can't poop, what do you need to be doing? Exercise. You got to exercise. Move. Read. Help strengthen the abdominal muscles, thereby making it easier to pass a stool. To get it out. If you don't, if you eating and you ain't pooping, all that food is sitting there and just fermenting in your gut, turning into a cancer inside your body. Food has to move. Our bodies are designed to move. Now, we ain't going to read. Read all of the uh, other ones. Yeah, read the bold ones. Don't read the, uh, the, description. the description. 
Depression. Exercise helps depression. Read. Diabetes. Read. Fatigue. Read. Glaucoma. Read. Headache. Read. Heart disease. Read on. High blood pressure. Read. Insomnia. Intermittent claudication. Knee problems. Lung disease. Memory problems. Menstrual problems and PMS. Osteoporosis. Overweight problems. And varicose veins. Exercise helps with all this. Now let's go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 30. Read verse 14 again. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. Read on. Health and good estate of body are above all gold. It's above everything. Read this again. Health and good estate of body are above all gold. It's above all your little hobbies that you want to do that requires you not to move. Good health is above that. Good health is above everything, especially if you got children. You want to hang out and be around for your children or grandchildren. And a strong body above infinite wealth. A strong body is above being rich. Read. There is no riches above a sound body. Ain't nothing above having a sound body, a sound constitution. Read. And no joy above the joy of the heart. Of the mind. It all starts in the mental. Read on. Into death. Mm-hmm. Death is better than a bitter life or continual sickness. It says it's better to die than to live with a terminal illness. You know how people be living for years with damn terminal illnesses? It's, it's better to just die. Because if this day and age you're living with a long-term illness, you're subject to what? Esau's medicine, mm-hmm. his damn trick bag. Read. Delicates poured upon a mouth shut up are as messes of meat set upon a grave. Right, because you know how people live with these sicknesses. A lot of times it kills your appetite where you can't eat. So you got a closed mouth and your your body's not getting the nourishment that it needs. So it compares that to what? Read it again. Delicates poured upon a mouth shut up are as messes of meat set upon a grave. It's like you put meat on the graveyard. <laughs> it's like you, you're giving a dead man something to eat. Read on. What good doeth the offering unto an idol? Right, because we know that the idol is nothing. Idols don't eat, they don't drink. Read. For neither can it eat nor smell, so is he that is persecuted of the Lord. So is he that is what? Persecuted of the Lord. Persecuted of the Lord. We're going to get to that in a second. Read on. He seeth with his eyes and groaneth as a eunuch that embraceth a virgin and sigheth. Right. A eunuch is somebody that's, you know, they're celibate. They see a virgin, they, ooh, we. That's what they're comparing this dude to, that, that sees with his eyes and groans. What? And the fact that he can't. And the live. fact that he can't have it. There's somebody that can't eat. It's giving the same analogy. Yeah, giving an analogy that it gave up in uh, verse 18. You know? Give not over thy mind to heaviness. And afflict not thyself in thine own counsel. The gladness of the heart is the life of man. The gladness of the mind is the life of man. 
So you walking around mad all the damn time? So that's a part of your health too. This is psychological health. Health. I'm angry all the time, or I'm easily angry. I'm just pissed off all the damn time. This is detrimental to your health. Read it again. The gladness of the heart is the life of man, and the joyfulness of a man prolongeth his days. So happy people live longer. <laughs> if you're happy, go lucky. If you ain't walking around all the time with your damn jaw tight, you'll live longer. Read. Love thine own soul. And, and this is this be the problem. We don't love ourselves enough to get off the couch. We don't love ourselves enough to get out of the bed and invest in our health. Invest in yourself. Yeah, think about this, y'all. If, if you work working for Esau, man, or you got your own business or whatever, man, how much time are you putting in? So you getting, what, Esau, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, 80 hours every two weeks? How much is that in a month? Come on, somebody do the math for me. 320 hours a month. 320 hours a month you're giving to your job, to your career. I'm sorry, make that 160. 160 a month. Mm-hmm. You're giving how much per year? Yeah. 2,080 hours a year. Hours a year. You give to your career or your job. But how many hours are you giving to your damn health? Ponder that, y'all. I want y'all to really think about that. Or how much time you giving to Netflix? That ain't going to help you. That ain't going to help your health. Read on. Love thine own soul and comfort thy heart. They say you got to love yourself. You love yourself by taking care of yourself, not destroying yourself by putting all this crap in your body you know it's harmful. Read. Remove sorrow far from thee, for sorrow has killed many, and there is no profit therein. And how do you get rid of this sorrow, this anxiety? We just read it in that book, the fitness book. You got exercise. It's therapeutic. Read. Envy and wrath. Shorten the light. So if you a hater, you always hating, you always mad, it's going to shorten your days. Read. And carefulness bringeth age before the time. Carefulness is talking about the person is always weary. I'm worried about every damn thing. I'm watching the news. I'm just getting more depressed and I'm more fearful. I don't want to go outside. I got, I'm, I got a damn uh, plastic bag just covering me from head to toe because I'm fearful of the, of the coronavirus. Read it again. 24. Mm-hmm. Envy and wrath shortens the life, and carefulness bringeth age before the time. You're going to age before your time being at war reward. Read. A cheerful and good heart will have a care of his meat and diet. It says a cheerful and good heart, a good mind will have care of what they eat. Don't just throw everything in your mouth. Have some restraint. Push back. Miss a meal or two. We already know the benefits of fasting spiritually, but the benefits of fasting also help you physically. All right, so I did not want to go that far, and I have some more, but I ain't got time to get to it. 
we going to uh, transition over to the class to take a quick break. I'll be back on the other side of this intermission, y'all. Hold on. We are back. We are back. Uh, now we're going to get to the class titled Never Wax Pale, Christ and His Passion, Part 4. Uh, it was a 30 start. I sent it to the 22. Okay, cool, cool. That's what's up, cuz. Yeah, it's still going, though. Uh, I don't know if you're tuning in right now, Dylan, but we're still going. Been going since 730. All right, y'all, so... Um, Last week, we were going over, not last week, week before last, we were going over uh, the two Babylons, y'all, and we were bringing out the cross. Um, Kale is good. I Look up the benefits of it. Yeah, it's alkaline. This is no more helium. Um... Let me just, let me go ahead, man. All right, so let's let's get. Uh, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, we went to the two Babylons, page one ninety seven. So the two Babylons, the papal worship, proved to be the worship of Nimrod and his wife by Reverend Alexander Hislop. Because what we did, if you uh, have been tuning in, what we did first was a week or so back, Mashaba um, came on and helped me out to break down the uh, death of Christ and the resurrection. And it was, uh, and he walked us through the scriptures and gave us a great timeline of Yahushai, Christ, dying um what did you say, Michelle, on that Wednesday, that Wednesday evening? 
and uh, him raising or rising the, on Sunday. Thursday at 3. Thursday, Sorry, Thursday, Thursday at 3. Thursday at 3. So Thursday at 3 p.m. and then him rising um, somewhere between Saturday night and Sunday morning. So we went over that. Um, and the reason we went over that is because religion, paganism, was teaching that um, he was uh, he died on a Friday and rose on a Sunday. That's mathematically impossible because he said he would be in the earth three days and three nights. Three days and three nights uh, is not Friday to Saturday. I mean, Friday to Sunday. That's mathematically impossible. But they used it to set up the whole Good Friday thing, which is paganism. And then they use it also to set up Easter Sunday, which is the worship of the sun god, Ra or Tammuz or whoever you want to call them. This worst sun worship is what it is. So uh, we covered that, and now we're going into uh, the paganism that got woven in into religion. That's why we're going to the Two Babylons, page 197. I want you to read the highlighted parts. And this is just a recap, y'all. Okay. Page 197 of the Two Babylons. Section 6, the sign of the cross. There is yet one more symbol of the Romish worship to be noticed, and that is the sign of the cross. In the papal system, as is well known, the sign of the cross and the image of the cross are all in all. Now, when it talks about Romanish, it's talking about the Roman Catholic Church. When it talks about the papal, it's talking about the Roman Catholic Church. And we want to get to in a little bit why the Roman Catholic Church is being mentioned and how it pays, uh, plays a major role in paganism and idolatry. You know? Okay. No prayer can be said no worship engaged in, no step almost can be taken without the frequent use of the sign of the cross. The cross is looked upon as the grand charm, as the great refuge in every season of danger, in every hour of temptation, as the infallible preservative from all the powers of darkness. And y'all know this. Y'all see people throwing this cross up, this air cross, you know, crossing their head and their chest before they you know, go uh, in, in, in a dangerous place where they go to court. Or, you see people do this all the time. They pass a church, they do it. This is what he's talking about, Rito. The cross is adored with all the homage due only to the Most High. Mm-hmm. And for anyone to call it in the hearing of a genuine Romanist, by the scriptural turn, the accursed tree is a mortal offense. So they're saying if you call it just the cursed tree, then they mad. they mad about the cross because religion idolizes the cross. This is why you get our people wearing damn crosses around their neck. You know, and I remember I used to always give this analogy. If my, uh, if my son died on the mo- in a motorcycle accident, you think I'm going to be wearing a damn chain with a motorcycle around it, uh, a motorcycle emblem on the end of it? That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? But it's mockery, right? But this is the way uh, church-going religious folk idolize the cross. Read. To say that such superstitious feelings for the sign of the cross, such worship as Rome pays to a wooden or metal cross ever grew out of the saying of Paul, 
God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is, in the doctrine of Christ crucified, is a mere absurdity. So they, they try to use that scripture to justify them wearing a cross. But the author of this book says it, it's an absurdity, and it is. Read on. A shallow subterfuge and pretense. The magic virtues attributed to the so-called sign of the cross, the worship bestowed on it, never came from such a source. The same sign of the it cross. Says, it's t- telling us that cross worship never came from the Bible. That's the source. Read. The same sign of the cross that Rome now worships was used in the Babylonian mysteries, was applied by paganism to the same magic purposes was honored with the same honor. That which is now called the Christian cross is originally no Christian emblem at all, but was the mystic tau of the Chaldeans and Egyptians. So this came from Babylon, this came from Egypt. This same cross, the so-called conscious community be rocking around their neck known as an ankh. And they say that it's, it's, it's both um, the male uh, genitalia and the female genitalia all into one. That's paganism. That's paganism, y'all. That's idolatry. That has nothing to do with the Most High. Read. The true original form of the letter T, the initial. What, what, what is the cross? The true original form of the letter T. It's not a cross at all. It's the letter T. We're going to find out what it stands for. Read. The initial of the name of Tammuz. It stands for who? Tammuz. Tammuz. We're going to get to who Tammuz was in a second. But this has nothing to do with Christ. Y'all see this, right? Read on. Which in Hebrew, radically the same as ancient Chaldee, as found on coins, formed as in number one of the accompanying woodcut, and in Etrurian and Coptic, as in numbers two and three. Mm-hmm. That mystic towel was marked in baptism on the foreheads of those initiated in the mysteries. Now, they was doing this way back in Babylon, putting it on their forehead. No different than the Catholic Church this day and age put that cross on their forehead during Ash Wednesday. Nothing new under the sun, y'all. Read. And was used in every variety of way as a most sacred symbol. To identify Tammuz with the sun, it was joined sometimes. To identify Tammuz with who? The sun. The sun. Hence, Easter Sunday, sun worship. He's also known as the sun god Ra and other different names that they give him, all talking about the sun. This is why the church, the religious church, they they say that God's day is when? On Sunday. <laughs> because that's when the pagans would worship the sun god. Because paganism, idolatry was woven in to Christianity has nothing to do with the Bible, y'all. You know? To identify Tammuz with the sun, it was joined sometimes to the circle of the sun, as in number four. Sometimes it was inserted. Now, when it says joined to the circle of the sun, that's the ankh. Because you know the ankh is the circle at the top, and then it's the cross at the bottom. This is what it's talking about. You put the two together, you got what they call an ankh. But that's still the worship of the sun god, not the most high. Read. Sometimes it was inserted in the circle, as in number five, 
whether the Maltese cross, which the Romish bishops. Now, when he's naming these numbers, y'all, they're labeled or numbered in this book. I wish I could see the book. But he's got them numbered, num- uh, numbered and he's giving the examples. You know? Whether the Maltese cross, which the Romish bishops attend to their names as a symbol of their Episcopal dignity is the letter T may be doubtful, but there seems no reason to doubt that Maltese cross is an express symbol of the sun, a layered found as it found it as a sacred symbol in Nineveh, in such a connection as led him to identify it with the sun. The mystic Tau as the symbol of the great divinity was called the sign of life. It was used as an amulet over the heart. It was marked on the official garments of priests as on the official garments of the priests of Rome. It was borne by kings in their hands as a token of their dignity or a divinely conferred authority. The Vestal Virgins of pagan Rome wore it suspended from their necklaces as the nuns do now. So just like the nuns <laughs> wear this cross now, they used to wear it back in the day. The Egyptians did the same, and the many of the barbarous nations with whom they had intercourse as the Egyptian monuments bear witness. In reference to the adorning of some of these tribes, Wilkinson thus writes, the girdle was sometimes highly ornamented. Men as well as women wore earrings, and they frequently had a small cross suspended to a necklace or to the collar of their dress. All right, Michelle, you said page 225. Hold this little page 225. No, 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 no. I, 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 for for what I just sent, that's the PDF yep. for the two Babylons. And being right. the PDF for the two Babylons, to catch up with where you're at, on, in, in, in the link, it's page 225 in the link to catch up what page you're on. I think you're on page like 198 or 199 right now. Yeah, come on, come on. I didn't, I, didn't know if every, if, I don't know if everybody's able to, to, if they have a copy of the two Babylons. So that's why I just sent that link. And if they go to the page number on the link, they'll catch up with where y'all are reading from in, in the two Babylons. That's what that is. That, don't, not to go there right now, but okay. that's... That will catch up with the reading where you're at right now. That that's the only reason I say I'm not trying to mess your class up. I'm sorry. The what? The what? Page two hundred. Page two hundred. The two at the top are standards of pagan barbarous nations, nations of the East, from Brian's Mythology, Volume Three, Page three twenty seven. Mm-hmm. The black one in the middle, the sacred Egyptian towel or sign of life from Wilkinson, volume five. Right, and the one in the middle he's talking about, they call him the towel, is the ox, mm-hmm. the one that came from Egypt. Read on. Page 283. The two lowest are Buddhist crosses from Asiatic Researches, volume 10, page 124. So they use this cross, too, in the Buddhist religion. Read. All right, page 201. The gospel narrative of the crucifixion possibly believes that narrative of itself could ever germinate into such extravagance of leaf, flower, and bud as thus appears in this Roman office. But when it is considered that the Buddhists, like the Babylonian cross, 
was recognized was the recognized emblem of Tammuz, who was who was known as the mistletoe branch. He's or also known as who? The mistletoe branch. So the mistletoe that some of y'all, I hope not, are uh, getting up under the mistletoe around Christmas time, the birthday of Nimrod, kissing under this mistletoe. That's to symbolize Tammuz, and to be more precise, that's his supposedly his genitalia. Read on. Or all healed, then it is easy to see how the sacred initials should be represented as covered with leaves. Covered with leaves. Right. Like I told you, that's supposed to be his genitalia. That's why they were covered up with leaves. Read on. And how Rome, in adopting it, should call it the medicine which preserves the helpful, heals the sick, and does what mere human power alone could never do. Sorcery. Y'all see this. I hope everybody is seeing this. Let's get Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel 8 and 1. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in mine house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Now, this is Ezekiel speaking. And let's find out what happened. Now, jump down to verse 13. So he had, Ezekiel had this angel appear unto him, mm-hmm. and this angel told him what? Verse 13. He said, uh, he said also unto me, turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. So what was going on is this angel was showing Ezekiel all the abomination. An abomination is something filthy, wicked, low, disgusting that the Most High hates. He was showing Ezekiel all the abominations that us, our ancestors, the children of Israel, was doing. And he said, man, you think that's something? Because he was naming them one after another. And he said, the angel said, man, you think that's something? You ain't seen nothing yet. Come check this out. Read. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. Now, he said the gate of the Lord's house. He's talking about the temple. So this was going on in the Lord's temple. You know, the temple Solomon built, this was going on there. Read. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. It was we- women what? Weeping for Tammuz. Women was at the temple crying for Tammuz, the sun god. I hope y'all are seeing this, man. This is what we were doing, the Israelites was doing, idolatry, sun worship. Now, Michelle, I don't know where you at in your class. I ain't going to bring that. What you show me, I ain't going to bring it out. <laughs> but that's something else. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Let's go. Uh, hold on for a second. I got an article I want to pull up. This is it. Yeah, this is it. All right. Tell them where you read from. From history.co.uk. And I want you to start in. Uh, Right here. The pagan roots of Easter. Now, y'all listen to this. The pagan roots of Easter. You know, they say, oh, it's, it's, it's Christ's day. The resurrection day has nothing to do with Christ. This is the origins of it. Listen. 
Easter is a Christian festival celebrated across the world, commemorating the resurrection of Jesus Christ after his crucifixion. Now, when it says Christian, it's not talking about the Christians in the Bible. It's talking about religion, religious Christians. All right? Wants to keep this in mind, Reed. How then have bunnies, buns, and eggs come to be associated with this religious event? Right. You ask yourself, what is Easter bunnies and these buns, because they also would serve these hot buns around Easter. What does it have to do with the resurrection of Christ? What does Peter Cottontail, Cadbury, have to do with the resurrection of Christ? Read. The answer lies in pre-Christianity with many of the themes of Easter rooted in pagan traditions. See, I'm not making this up, y'all. Read that part again. How then have bunnies, buns, and eggs come to be associated with this religious event? The answer lies in pre-Christianity with many of the themes of Easter rooted in pagan traditions. Easter falls at a time of the year known as the spring equinox. The what? Spring equinox. This is when Easter falls, during the spring equinox. I, I know I'm probably stepping on some brothers' toes right now. And I'm saying it because a lot of brothers, they be trying to use the spring equinox and the, the first moon after that to say that that's the day that Passover falls on, but not according to what we read. Read When the length of the night in the northern hemisphere becomes identical to the length of the day, spring is a time of renewal and rebirth, as winter begins to fall away with the promise of sunnier, longer days lying ahead. For thousands of years, people from varying cultures have marked and celebrated the equinoxes and solstices, longest and shortest days of the year. The pre-Christian ancient world is filled with stories of resurrection, of resurrection around spring. One of the oldest civilizations the Sumer, who lived in southern Mesopotamia, modern southern Iraq, inscribed a story of their goddess, Inanna, onto a clay tablet some 2,000 years before Christ. What's her name? Inanna. <laughs> what's, what's her name? Inanna. <laughs> I'm saying this, y'all, this is what Rihanna was putting in her damn song. Y'all remember that damn song? Inanna. What's my name? Inanna. What's my name? This is what she was talking about. Inanna is also known as Astarte. She's also known as Asherah. She's also known as Easter. Same deity. Real. The story goes that Inanna descended into the underworld to find her recently deceased husband. There, she was killed before being brought back to life by other gods, permitted to return to the world as the sun for six months before having to descend into the underworld once again during the winter for a further six months. It is perhaps the first ancient story of resurrection and rebirth centered on spring. Y'all see this? This is talking about the resurrection of Ilana and this, all this other crazy stuff has nothing to do with Christ. I'm bringing this out because I'm covering the resurrection of Christ, so I have to go into the paganism that spun out of it. Read. 
There were many more stories amongst ancient civilizations that followed a similar theme, including the resurrection of Horus, the falcon-headed ancient Egyptian deity, and the death and rebirth of the Greek god Dionysus. I hope, Dionysus. I hope y'all seeing this, and I know Michelle is covering this because this this goes deeper. This whole thing about the resurrection is also coupled with uh, the mother and child uh, myth that's actually that's actually pagan also, and this is why you see through many different cultures you see uh, is is a mother and a child depicted. This all this goes all the way back to Semiramis, Nimrod, all of that. The pictures that you see of uh, even the pictures you see of a, a black so-called so uh, Mary Madonna and her son Christ that ain't that ain't even talking about Christ and his mama. Let's talk about Semiramis and Nimrod. Read on. They are stories that share ideologies about renewal and light conquering darkness. As Christianity began to sweep across Europe. Many pagan festivals and traditions were absorbed and adapted into the Christian faith. See, y'all, I'm not making this up. Read. It made sense that the already ingrained concept of new life being celebrated during springtime should become associated with Jesus conquering death and being reborn. See how they threw Christ in there? Oh, he died and was reborn. We could spin this. We could throw this into paganism and mix it with Christianity, and woof, we got a good time. Read on. If you've noticed, the date of Easter changes every year, and this is because it is governed by the phases of the moon and not a specific date on which Christ was said to have risen from the dead. It falls on the Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox, making it a celebration of the seasons, a concept rooted in paganism. Like I said, I, I know I know some brothers try to use the spring equinox to say that it's Passover, but no, they use that for Easter, y'all. That's used for Easter. All right, where are you at now? You going to continue? Yes. Okay. What about the name Easter? Where did that come from? It is believed that in most European countries, the name came from the Hebrew word Pesach. The Hebrew word Pesach, otherwise known as Passover, <laughs> the Jewish springtime holiday. However, in English-speaking languages and Germany, some historians have argued the word derives from a pagan springtime goddess called Yoster. And that's where it really comes from. Let's get this right here. Uh, let's go to Zion Van Compact Bible Dictionary. And uh, matter of fact, let's go to Acts first. Get Acts chapter 12 and verse 4. And then we're going to go to Zion Van page 140. Because I know people saying, well, yeah, Easter is in the Bible. and Yeah, it does come from Passover. No, it does not. Acts 12 and 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring after him. After what? After Easter. After Easter. 
This is the only time Easter's mentioned in the Bible, y'all. After Easter, read. To bring him forth to the people. Now, let's get Zonovan Contact Bible Dictionary, page 140. Let's get the definition of Easter. It's only in the Bible one time, y'all. Okay. Now, watch this. Easter. Passover. Is what? Passover. Passover, read. Rendered Easter in Acts 12.4. They call it Easter in Acts 12.4. We just read it. But what? But correctly translated Passover. Co- in- correctly translated Passover. What else? In ASV. All right. The day. No, that's it. That's all we want from that. So that's, that's showing us how deceptive religion is. They even put Easter in there, but it's properly rendered or translated Passover. Why, well, why would religion do such a thing? Because religion, paganism, values its members. Just like all churches, man, and people uh, gauge themselves, their, uh, their persona, on the church they go to by how many damn members is in the church. It's still the same this day and age. Well, you might ask, what role did the church play in this, and how is this significant? Let's get this right here. So we're reading from, tell me where you read from. Which one do you want? The title of the book. The New Illustrated Encyclopedia, Volume 18. So this is the Columbia Encyclopedia, and we're at the bottom right here where it says Protestants. Protestantism, form of Christian faith and practice that originated with the principles of the Reformation. The principles of the Reformation. The Reformation is the reformation of the church, the Protestants. The word Protestant comes from the word protest. What were they protesting? They were protesting the Romanists, the Papal, or the Catholic Church, all is the same. But these Protestants was protesting the Catholic Church. We're going to find out why. Read on. The term is derived from the protestatio delivered by a minority of delegates against the recess, 1529, of the Diet of Fire, which had forbidden further religious innovation. So... The Catholic Church forbid further religious innovation, meaning they could come up, keep coming up with stuff to add to religion, because this is what they was doing. They would find certain scriptures, such as the Trinity, or it ain't even a scripture, but, you know, the scripture that talks about me and my father are one, there are three that agree. And they came up with the whole nonsense about the Trinity. They had to issue a decree and say, hey, man, look, Y'all can't keep just adding stuff to to religion and what we got going on. So they put this decree out, and then this group of people called themselves the Protestants. They protest against their decree that they put out. Mm-hmm. Where you was at? I finished that. Oh, we'll pick back up up here. Yeah. Protestants rejected asceticism. An elevated standard of personal morality was advanced. In some sects, notably Puritanism, a high degree of austerity was reached. So the whole, the whole holier than thou. Mm-hmm. Read on. 
Congregationalism or Presbyterianism was looked upon by Protestants as a return to the early Christianity described in the New Testament. So to congregate, it means a church. So this, this is why the Protestants have churches and congregations. Read on. Congressionalism or Presbyterianism was looked upon by Protestants as a return to the early Christianity described in the New Testament. Two distinct branches of Protestantism grew out of the Reformation. The evangelical churches in Germany and Scandinavia were followers of Martin Luther. And so this is Martin Luther who started the Lutheran religion. Who uh, Martin Luther the King got his name from? His name was originally Michael King. Read on. And the Reformed churches in other countries were followers of John Calvin. John Calvin. This is where the Calvinists come from. Read. And Huldrych Zwingli. Mm-hmm. The doctrine that the individual conscience is the valid interpreter of Scripture. The individual conscience interprets Scripture. But the Scripture says there, there's no private interpretation. But they came up with a doctor and said, no, nah, man, it's all according to how you interpret it. What you think it's saying? What you think it's saying? What you feel about the Scripture? What you feel about This is where the madness came from. Read led to a wide variety of Protestant sects. It led to a wide variety of Protestant sects. You don't say. Why would it lead to a wide variety? Because like they say about opinions, or say they, like they say about buttholes, everybody's got what? Everybody has one. Everybody has an opinion. I might have messed that up anyway. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Read on. This fragmentation was further extended by doctrinal disputes within the sects, notably over grace, predestination, so and... So they, they was beefing over grace, what grace is, what it entails, and I'm going to I'm gonna say it's safely, safe to assume that this is when they came up with the idea that the law was done away with because of grace. We're saved under grace. And they was arguing about predestination. What else? And the sacraments. And all the sacrificial laws. Real? Certain movements have claimed new revelations of such a nature that they may be said to be Protestant only in name. Okay, read on. In the realm of theology, Protestantism saw many developments, particularly after the 18th century, under the influence of Romanticism, which stressed the subjective element in religion rather than the revelation of the Bible. So romanticism came in rather than the revelations of the Bible, meaning what? They could just add, you know, according to the, how they felt. It wasn't according to sound doctrine or what the Bible actually said, but what they fantasized it should be like, thought it should be like, what they thought it said, what they think it says, rather than what it actually said, the Bible that being. Read. The formal systems of early Protestant theology began to dissolve. This doctrine was best expressed by Friedrich Schleier, Macher, who placed religious feeling at the center of Christian life. Religious what? Feeling. Religious feeling, not religious facts. <laughs> whatever, whatever you feel like. Like I said, man, this is why we get the nonsense now. The law is done away with. 
because I feel that God wouldn't want us to live under such strenuous laws. Give me, name me a society, y'all, that doesn't have laws. Name me a realm that doesn't have laws. Hell, if you in the street, if you drugging and thugging in the street, and in the street code, even animals have rules, laws. These insects have laws that they follow. Every realm, every society has a law. And the reason being so you can keep order. But now it comes to God. God ain't got no law. Just do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. Say what you want to say. Eat what you want to eat. Screw who you want to screw. No, the God of the Bible is about lawlessness now. Stop. Read. For some of the major tendencies in Protestantism, see Adventist, Anabaptist, Calvinism, Congregationalism. No, hold on. Read this again. You, where you at? Now listen to this, y'all. This is about the runoff a list of Protestantism or Protestant churches. All of these churches that are about to be named are Protestants. So don't get your jaws tight if you find out <laughs> that you're amongst this list. What's the list again? For some of the major tendencies in Protestantism, see Adventists. So Seventh-day Adventists or what? They're Protestants. Read on. Anabaptists. Anabaptists, they're Protestants. Read. Baptists. The Baptist church that John supposedly started. Well, you can read that nowhere in the scriptures. Those are Protestants. They're protesting the Catholic Church. That's why the services ain't the same. The Catholic, in the Catholic Church services, they do a bunch of <laughs> with the little sensor that they want. They walk around with smoking all over the place. They go to confession. Father, I have a confession and all that other crap with the crosses and. All that weird uh, baptism they do with the baby. They shake the baby rattle that's full of water on the baby. The baby christening. <laughs> and then you look at the Baptist church, and they don't do those things. The Baptist church, they, they get down with the guitar and the band. It ain't the dog. It's people in there actually singing. <laughs> people catching the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Read on. Calvinism. Calvinism. They're Protestants. Read. Congregationalism. Read. Lutheranism. The Lutheran Church. Protestants. Read. Methodism. The Methodist Church. Protestants. Read. Pentecostalism. The Pentecostal people. They name themselves as a big Greek word in the Bible, <laughs> Pentecost, which means 50. <laughs> they the 50th day church. All going back to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, we know it as first fruits. <laughs> Seven Sabbaths from um, Feast of Unleavened Bread <laughs> would give you 50 days. That's where they got that from. Read on. Presbyterianism. 
Puritanism. You know. Spiritism. Mm-hmm. Unitarianism. Mm-hmm. For individual churches, in addition to those already mentioned, see Brethren, Christian Catholic Church, Christian Reformed Church, Christian Churches of Christ, Churches of God in North America, Disciples of Christ, Protestant, Evangelical and Reformed Church, Evangelical United Brethren Church, Friends, Religious Society of Huguenots, Mennonites, Moravian Church, Ranters, Reformed Church of Reformed Church in America, Salvation Army, Scotland Church of Scotland Free Church. I know Salvation Army was a church. Seventh Day Baptist, Shakers, United Church of Canada, Universalist Church of America. Is that it? So that's, those are all the Protestant churches. And once again, they were protesting the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church told them they couldn't keep coming up with new stuff. All of those churches we just named, including the Catholic Church, all pagans, all idolaters, y'all. I hope everybody is seeing this. Hope everybody got some edification out of the class, man. That's the 90-second mark. Um, I did want to continue, um, but I'm going to hold this because we're going to switch gears. I don't want to lose nobody. I'm going to hold this to next Tuesday. Everybody got some edification out of the class. The Water, thank you for everybody tuning in. The Water Mashallah for hooking up the broadcast. If you have any questions, man, regarding this topic or any other topic in the Bible, you can hit me up at 314-482-9110 with your questions, and we will cover your questions in depth. I guarantee you we will. We'll do a whole class about the question that you asked. Hazadai, uh, you got anything you want to add? Anything you want to say to the people? Labia? You got nothing? All right, y'all. So uh, that'll do it for Blog Talk this evening. And uh, until next Tuesday, Lord willing, y'all, Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tell the Pie. Tell the Pie. Tuesday. Tell the Pie. Tuesday. Tuesday. And with that, y'all, we're going to say shalom. shalom.